Good morning, this is Sister Lisa coming to you from the ILL, the Edwin Elder Library, and today we're going to continue reading from the book on prayer by Brother Ken Gurley on page 132. Reflections and questions. Stop right now. Name the people who are in your company of broken people. Who are your two or three with whom you pray and agree together? Number two, loneliness is America's curse. How do these words affect you? What can you do about this? Three, give some thought to the contrast between prophets Elijah and Elisha. Which ones are you most like? How can you remain connected to people to cultivate what God is doing in your life? How have you, uh, number four, how have you seen the concept of synergy? Think one plus one equals three at work in your life, in your prayer life. Number five, concerts of prayer were frequent in the awakenings. What role do you think they will have in the final awakening? Page 133. Week two, day 10. The five components of effective prayer. People, Bibles in hand, always crowded the class of a particular adult Bible teacher in the Deep South. She was known for her wisdom and her wit. She ended each class with a series of short quotes extracted from the words of the Apostle Paul and the Lord Jesus. Always patient, always kind, never boastful, never rude, always ready to excuse, always ready to trust, always ready to forgive, always ready to love your enemies, always ready to pray for your persecutors, always ready to have compassion. After a long pause, she would add in total sincerity, It ain't easy, honey, to which we all can say amen. To live as a Christian evades common sense. God instructs us to choose what we would naturally never choose, a narrow path and a rough one at that. A higher calling may sound noble, but it represents a steep climb. Counter-initiative, counter counter-initiative, I'm sorry, <laughs> to our ordinary choices. My eyes are not awake yet. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, identified three single-syllable action verbs that strain every fiber of our being. When you give, Matthew 6 and 2. When you pray, verse 5. When you fast, verses 16. Sister Johanny has written books by those titles, at least when you pray and when you fast. I think when you give also. We have a couple in our Edwin Elder Library. Okay, page 134. Each of these three spiritual disciplines forces us to answer a simple question. Do we trust God? If we trust him to provide, then giving is not an issue. If we believe him to direct our lives, then we pray. If we rely on him to sustain and deliver us, then we fast. We have trust issues with God that go way back. Adam and Eve were given all the trees in the garden for food. Their trust fell short when it came to the single tree that God declared off limits to them. We are no different today. To give, fast, and pray run opposite of our grain. Giving God our finances, our needs, and our concerns seems so childlike. Maybe that's what God is getting at. Perhaps he wants us to be as pure, trusting, and innocent as a child when we approach our Heavenly Father. All effective prayers share this straightforward quality, total and complete reliance upon God. James, the brother of Jesus and an early leader in the church of Jerusalem, was a practical but spiritual man. He was functional in that he cut to the chase with his writings, 
religious in that he possessed deep piety. He was called James the Just to distinguish him from many other men who have the same name. According to Hegesippus, H-E-G-E-S-I-P-P-U-S, a second century Christian writer, James also had the knees of a camel. His frequent prayers resulted in calluses on his knees. So when James speaks about prayer, we should listen. Here is a single verse as rendered in several translations. James 5 and 16, this is the King James Version. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's one I like to say a lot. And that's true. And I know it's true of women as well. An effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. When we pray from the depth of our heart, and I love the King James Version. That's what I do. Okay, this is a New American Standard Bible. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Okay, the International Standard Version. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And God's Word Translation. Prayers offered by those who have God's approve, approval are effective. And the New Living Translation. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And the New International Version, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I'm on page 135. We want our prayers to be powerful and effective. Such praying or giving or fasting requires us to run contrary to our own inclinations. Prayer is a paradox. It is easy and it's and, it, and it's hard. It's easy and it's hard. It's easy in that there is nothing overly complicated about speaking with God and asking Him for things. It's hard in that we don't always get our way. There's this, not my will but thine be done element to prayer that doesn't set well with us. As we shall soon see, prayer is a must. So how do we pray both powerfully and effectively? Let's find out. And tomorrow we'll continue that part, the priority of prayer. God bless you. You have a wonderful day. If you um, if you are not subscribed to my channel, my podcast, please do so. And um, if you want to even hear my devotionals, I do on Sunday. I have a I have a, a group on Facebook called the Ordered Steps Ordered Steps Devotionals, and I I haven't sent that out to many people. I don't have very many subscribers right now because I just started. That's one of my newer pages. But anyway, uh, and I have a. a I have a page on Facebook called the Edwin Elder Library, and that's I post this podcast every morning to that, and sometimes we add some other stuff. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Sister Lisa, and I'm coming to you today from the ill, the Edwin Elder Library, on July the 30th. Today is 7-30, 2020. And so... Um, we are going to be continuing on page 135 on the Book of Prayer by Brother Ken Gurley. And we're at the bottom, towards the bottom of the page. Yesterday, we were talking about prayer is a paradox. It is easy and it is hard. It's easy in that there is nothing overly complicated about speaking with God and asking Him for things. But it's hard when we don't always get our way. That was in the paragraph above. But I just wanted to say that again because I thought that was interesting because also my pastor, Brother Carl Elder, my uncle, um, he's passed away now. But he always would say, if you, if you serve God 
easy, it's hard. But if you serve God hard, it's easy. It's if you give it all you got, give it all you got, and it's easy. Everything you do in word or in deed, do it all as unto the Lord and ask his blessings. And I ask that God bless this podcast. Right now, I don't have very many listeners, but you know, I was thinking today how that Peter, Apostle Peter, when God called him to be a disciple, how he was a fisherman, and how at one point he fished all night and he caught no fish. He fished all night and he caught no fish till Jesus come along and told him to cast his net on the other side. And it was so full of fish. But what was Peter doing? This is how I look at it. He was practicing. He knew how to cast out. He cast out all night. And then, so he was practicing and he wasn't getting any results. But then the right opportunity came along and his net was full. And that's the same how I feel with these things that I do. There's not a lot of following, but I feel like it's obedience to God. Let's each one of us, let's do our part to fill the cart. We all work together for the kingdom of God and he gives the increase. Little is much when God is in it. So that's what I'm talking about. I don't have a lot of followers, I don't think. But in time, in time, I might. I might have a lot of followers if it's God's will for that. Or God might inspire you to start your podcast. Um, Whatever. You know, there's different ways to do this because, you know, we all have our gifts and talents and abilities. The main thing is just do it. If you're an artist, paint that picture paint your picture because for sure you'll never sell your picture you'll never be a a known artist if you never paint if you got to practice you got to start out somewhere if you are an author write that manuscript write that manuscript in time you'll find somebody if you try to get it published in time you'll find a publisher in time you will that's faith that's walking by faith and not by sight okay that's my two bits before i start here the priority of prayer Prayer is a big deal. We must view it that way. To be a child of God means we pray. It's standard equipment on the triasis of Christianity. A believer without prayer is like a food truck with no food. You may as well take down the sign, fold up shop, and go home. We have to pray about everything, even what I was just talking about. Pray. I pray over this podcast. God, help the right person to hear this at the right time. Let this be what they need to hear for this day. I talked about before how he said, give us this day our, la- our daily bread. Yes, Lord, we want you to provide for us what we need, but also give us what we need to give other people. Give us what to say to other people. That's my um, That's my thread that's my uh that's the inner core of me coming out prayer should be prioritized in our lives for at least four different reasons first god's word instructs us to pray we are to pray for those who persecute us matthew 5 44 we are to be faithful to prayer romans 12 12 turn in the page on the 136 we should worry about nothing and pray about everything philippians 4 6 we are to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, and we pray and God answers, James 1, 5. Second, Jesus prayed often. Need any more be said? Third, we communicate with God through prayer, 2 Corinthians 7, 14. Fourth, we pray and God gives the victory, Matthew 24, 41. I mean, Matthew 26, 41. God designed the human machine to run on himself, noted C.S. Lewis, he himself is the fuel for our spirits. Were, uh, okay, he himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. 
There is no other. You know, that's so true. I'm reading a C.S. Lewis book. I've been reading on letters that he wrote to his father and, and, and his brother while he was in college. I've been reading that one. So it's interesting that Brother Ken Gurley also makes reference to him. Very, very artistic. You talk about a very good wordsmith. C.S. Lewis knew how to put words. He knew how to convey his thoughts and very poetic and very beautiful. He painted pictures with his words. So he was an artist and an author. And what was the other thing I was saying? Um, well, I guess he was a fisherman. He, I don't know. If he, if he had the internet, I'm sure he would have had a podcast. He probably most likely would have had a podcast. But anyway, um, this morning as I was praying, I also was telling God, I was like, Lord, well, I, I just need God in everything in my life. I just need him, and I pray about everything. And I, I ask him, I hope he doesn't get tired of hearing me, my voice because I pray constantly. But it says here that we're supposed to pray without ceasing. Uh, I know we're not supposed to come with him murmuring and complaining. No, we come with him in thanksgiving, knowing that he can help us out of every situation. And um, what was I saying about... Well, I, I was saying that, but also I had another thought too. Oh, yeah. Basically, I am a perfectionist. If you knew me, you wouldn't think so because my house is in disarray most of the time. I have children here over all the time, and, and, and we like to play, and, and we'll just do the n normal childcare and stuff. So a lot of deep cleaning doesn't get done, and I, I see that about myself and um, want to improve on that. Uh, but just different things, and, and I find a lot of fault in myself. And being a perfectionist, and um, and you see those things, I say, God, I'll never, I'll never be past needing you. I need you in every area of my life. And then I was thinking, but He wants me to need Him. He wants us to need Him. We're not gonna, we can't do things on our own and be the best that we can be on our own. We can only be our best through Him and His help, and one day at a time. We do what we can one day at a time. And right now, if it's if I'm supposed to be doing child care, that's a form of income for me. But it's also a service to the parents that need somebody to watch their children, to give good, loving care. It's an opportunity for my life to be touched by other little human lives and uh, me to, you know, be an example for them as well. So it's a thing, but we pray about everything. That's my thing. We're not perfect. We're not where we're supposed to be. We're not where all we can be. Um... I mean, we're not as, what did I, what I mean, what I mean to say, um, if the Lord orders our steps, then we are where we're supposed to be in that thing. And when we're praying in him, we're letting him know we need him. So we pray, God designed the human machine to, to return right on himself. God, I'm, I am, I'm not perfect in myself, but God, when if you're doing working through me, then you're perfect. Lord, you're, you're being perfect. You're being made perfect in me. You're taking our, you're taking our weakness and making it strong. That's what I'm trying to say. So if prayer is so important, then why don't we pray? Because our prayers are not overpowering and compelling. Prayer, powerless prayers are like motorless cars. Eventually, you get tired of pretending you're going somewhere when you're only standing still. James gives us a true-to-life example of powerful and effective prayer. James 5, 17-18. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, None fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. God God put those prayers in Elijah. God told Elijah what to pray and then, he, and then it performed because God does. He works through his people. It's amazing, isn't it? Elijah prayed powerfully and effectively that no rain would fall and the skies became brass for three and a half years. 
He prayed again and the rain returned. Page 137. Our particular need may not be in the area of rain, but I think all of us can say, I want to pray like that. I want my prayers answered in such a way. Since James the Just, the one we talked about before that had camel knees because he prayed so much, he bids us consider Elijah's prayer as a model. Then we should examine what made his prayer so powerful and effective. The background of this prayer is essential. Israel had once again turned her back on God and turned to idols. At the time, Ahab and Jezebel reigned as king and queen. Jezebel's past was littered with idolatry. She worshipped Baal, the god of her Phoenician homeland. As Israel had demonstrated time and time again, the desire to worship a visible god rather than the unseen god was strong. As time passed, worship to the Phoenician, Phoenician and Canaanite gods idols of Baal, Asheroth, Moloch, and the like increased increased throughout Israel. God was displeased. And here comes the prophet Elijah. Elijah prayed as God directed for a drought. The prophet of old marched into the presence of King Ahab and told him what God had said. He exited the palace and 42 dry months ensued. ensued. Drought rode side saddle with famine. Israel began to suffer. Elijah was maintained for a while by a brook and a raven in Sherith. But then God led him to Jezebel's home country. There Elijah was sustained by a woman of faith and a meal barrel and a cruise of oil that refused to be exhausted. That oil did not run out. That meal did not run out. God kept on preparing. And that's what I think. That's why I said, when give us our daily bread. He's going to tell us each day what to say on these podcasts. If besides, I'm reading the book, but I also ad-lib. He's going to tell us what to pray, what he wants us to pray. We say, God, you help us to pray the prayers that most need to be said. Because our nation needs prayer. We need to pray over our, our leaders of this country. We need to pray for revival. We need to pray for our churches to be opened or at least to be effective in their community. Because we are the church. The people are the church. But also, a lot of people, they really... You know, they they love going to church, and I believe God gives the desires of a heart, you know. Let's keep on praying about that. Let's keep on praying about all the different aspects. Pray for our children. Oh, God, our children, our children, they are on, they're being brought up in a time that we don't know what tomorrow holds. But you know what? We never knew what tomorrow holds. God, I have something on my Bible. I wrote on the side of my Bible. It says, Lord, let me not forget that I need you just as much on my good days as I do on my, on, I need you just as much desperately in the good times as I do the bad times. We need him every single day. We need him every single day. But Elijah, he prayed and drought rode at side saddle with famine. Israel began to suffer. Elijah was maintained for a while. Okay, I said that. I couldn't remember I said that. Um, but when it was time, God led Elijah back to Israel. In his return to Israel and their subsequent uh, subsequent return to God, we witnessed the five components of powerful and effective prayer, what we just talked about. So that concludes one page, page 137. So we'll continue our devotional tomorrow. I'm sorry that I stumbled over my words. God bless you. You have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.